Oh, are we back? I'm sorry, I fell asleep during that song. <laughs> Dude, that I just is, got really track, honest there, and you, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That track is everything I hate about R and B. Are you serious? It, it did, I was just waiting for it to go somewhere musically. This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. How's it going, guys? This is the Gently Madam Adam Clark. Happy New Year to you. It is 2015, and I am feeling old. Really. I turned 35 in less than two weeks, and I just said that out loud for the first time yesterday, and I'm feeling like I got to get shit done. I got, there's not, you know, the time is running out, in other words, is what I'm trying to say. That's the great thing about your 20s, is that when you're in your 20s, you just don't have any sense of it's all going to end at some point, and everything still feels limitless, and anything is possible. You can accomplish anything, and then the farther I get into my 30s, the more I realize yeah, probably not going to get that one done, probably not going to get that one done, or, you know, I, I just got to pick the things that I really want to do because, you know, I've got a family, I've got kids, and time is short, basically. So, yeah, whatever it is that you want to do, get to it, my friend, especially if you're in your 20s or, or teens or whatever. Just just get moving because you will one day feel like I do. And those of you who are listening that are older, then you can identify Anyway, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, do a long intro today. I'm gonna get right to the episode. This is a fun one. This is a different one. You know, as I've said on Fridays, I kind of wanted to do more of experimentation, do some solo shows, do some different things. I'm gonna be doing some Q and A shows coming up soon, and I've already had some great questions submitted. So if you have a question and you'd like to be featured on the show, then go to avclark.com slash TGM, and there's a little button there uh, where you can send me an, an audio question. You don't have to have any special gear or anything. Just click the button, and it takes you to a page where you hit record and leave me a voicemail, basically. And I will I will, I will play those things and uh, talk about them on the show. So do that if you're interested in that. I would love to do some more Q&A type stuff and just fun stuff like that. So Fridays are... Kind of a, a bit of a, you know, experiment, experiment. Well, the whole show is experimental for sure. And um, I just, Fridays are even more, more experimental than the typical experimenting going on. But today's a fun show. Uh, I don't know about you, but at the end of the year, I'm one of those guys that like to do my top 10 list type things, you know, with, not with a lot of stuff. I used to do it with everything 
films, books, you know, whatever, everything. Lately, though, the last five years or so, I've only done it with music. Uh, music is still a huge part of my life. I've been a musician my whole life, uh, made a go at being a professional working musician there for a while in a band with uh, my best friend who is actually going to be on the show soon. And uh, so, yeah, love music. I still do my my top 25 albums of the year. And uh, the last couple of years, I haven't written it as a post. I used to publish it as a blog post or try to do something unique with that as a little website experiment. And I just haven't had the time. So I don't publish those anymore. But I always wanted to do I've always wanted to do a music show. Honestly, I've always wanted to do a podcast where we just talk about music because I'm just such a huge fan. And uh, so I, th- I thought it would be really cool. One of my good friends, Noah Stokes, uh, on Twitter as at Mother Futon. He's a web designer, developer, and uh, uh, co-founder of the company Bold, based in California. And uh, you may know of him or his work. But uh, yeah, if you follow me or follow him on Twitter or our little circle of mutual friends here, we've always kind of got this ongoing uh, music discussion or friendly, you know, ribbing, ripping on each other going because, because Noah is like, or at least I thought before this episode anyway, total pop top 40 radio guy. And I'm pretty much the opposite of that, or at least I have been for most of my life. Definitely lean far more the indie direction. Uh, Noah has accused me of being a hipster in my music taste several times. And, um, it, you know, so we have this little ongoing Twitter stuff with one of another of our mutual friends, Phil Kaufman, and uh, just picking on each other for our music tastes. And so I thought it would be really fun to do a show with Noah where we discuss our top five favorite albums of the year. And so we did it, and I, I thought it was going to be fast. I thought it was going to be, well, you know, we're talking about five or top five albums. How long can that take? Well, it took a bit longer than I thought it did. I mean, for this show, it's a short episode because it's only about an hour. And a lot of these interviews, uh, episodes of this show run 60 to 90 minutes, or I mean, 90 to 120 minutes easily. So it's, it's short for the show, but I didn't expect it to take that long. And then I realized that's why, I don't know if you ever used to listen to the, like, Casey Kasem, you know, top 40, whatever, countdowns back in the day. I used to listen to those. There's a reason those shows took, like, three or four hours to get through, because by the time you play some clips and you discuss them and stuff like that, it takes a while. But it was really, really fun. Just just a fun show. Not not really anything about business going on today. But uh, we, we just talked about our top favorite, our top five favorite albums of the year, as well as, you know, just a lot of other music stuff. So if you're a fan of music, then you're going to like this show. I'm just going to tell you the 10, the 10 bands and, and leave it up to you to guess, uh, which one is on, uh, my list or Noah's list. Because, uh, surprisingly, that's what, that's what we kind of came to find out. Our tastes are more similar than we would have thought. And I don't know if, that's because he and I have more similar tastes or if because the, the indie music scene and the pop music scene have come much closer together over the last few years. I'm not sure which one it is, but the, the, the 10 albums that we mention here are uh, Jack White, Barcelona, Daily, Bleachers, Twin Forks, Prince, Beck, 
Iggy Azalea, Ryan Adams, and Taylor Swift. So, uh, well, we all know Taylor Swift was on Noah's list because, yeah, I mean, that's just a given. That's just, that one's just a given, but I'll leave it up to you to guess the rest of them. And, uh, it was fun, really fun show. I just enjoyed this. Uh, this this was a really fun one. And if you go to avclark.com slash 10, you can find the show notes. You can find links to my audio. Uh, Noah and I are both big time fans of audio. So you can find links to our audio profiles and you can follow us there if you want. If you, if you like the stuff we talk about and the music stuff uh, and you like discovering new things and you're on audio, then you can follow us there. All those links will be there at abclark.com slash 10. So as I said, I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. So yeah, every, I don't know if you are this way, I haven't for the last two years, but for like the previous, I don't know, years and years, every year I would always do like my top 25 albums of the year. And I still like did that for the last couple of years. I just didn't write it up as a blog post or something. Do you, are you like a, but see, I'm not a list. I'm not, I don't do any top or best of lists other than that kind of stuff. So like... Uh, other than music, basically, like, so it's kind of an anomaly for me. But are you like a, a, a best of top list maker end of the year person? Um, you know, I try to be because I think it's I enjoy reading other people's see yeah. what they were what, what they enjoyed. So I, I try to do it, and I thought about it this year, and I kind of um, I, I use audio for all of my music, and they put together a playlist for me. Uh, this right. year they had a, a really cool feature that was like, Hey, here's kind of your top songs of what you did. And, um, that, that was kind of cool. I was surprised by a lot of them. Um, I had forgotten, you know, in the, in the beginning of the year I was heavy into like the Beck album and then I just burned out on it essentially. And, and so, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, it, it kind of brought that stuff up, but I do enjoy them. I wish I could make them more. If I was going to do anything, it would, it would have to be music. That's the only thing that's consistent in my life. <laughs> You know, I don't have a lot of time to read books or go out and see movies. So, um, that, that music is kind of the one thing that I get to every day. So, yeah, I like doing it just cause I don't know, it's almost like keeping a journal in a way. Like I like going back and seeing what, um, you know, what, what I, uh, thought was, you know, what were my favorite albums of that year or whatever, but it's a little bit, I mean, I was doing that before we had things like audio. So now it's a little easier because, you know, I create playlists and they're always there. But before that, if I didn't like write that stuff down, then I would never know, you know, I would forget. Right. So in 25 is a lot. I don't know if I listen to 25 different albums, you know, cause I'm like an album purist, right? I want to listen to the whole thing all the way through. Yeah. And and the 25 is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. I mean, I it's hard to say. I I um I uh I I used yeah, it's it's a lot and it's harder for me the last year or two to actually I can still do top 25 for sure. But once you get past like the top dozen 12 to 15, it's really just kind of, you know, choosing between this album or that album, you know, uh, once it gets past that, it could have easily been other ones. They were just the ones that, um, 
I just had to pick in that moment which one I liked better. Um, but not because I really could write a review of it or something. But yeah, um, yeah and it's but I don't know. I used to be like hugely into like just constantly listening to looking out for new music and especially once tools like RDO and stuff came out it was a lot easier to discover new stuff and constantly listening to new stuff but then I found the last year or two it's been you know I haven't done that really I just listen to if something new comes across my radar and I like it then I listen to it other than that I kind of just am on the lookout for new stuff from bands I already know and that I already like because there's just no time I don't have the time anymore to constantly be on the search every week for new music. And I don't know. I I found also that I enjoy it less when I do that, when I'm really concerned with just making sure I hit everything new that's coming out. Uh I don't don't ever really, like you said, have the time to sit down and just like spend a whole week or a whole month with one album and really, you know, really, because I'm the same way you are. Like I listen, I like to listen through the whole thing and multiple times and Mm kind of get inside of, you know, wherever the artist was when they were making that music. And you can't do that if you're trying to stay on top of everything new. Right. Do you, do you, what's your listening? Do you do Spotify or audio or you just iTunes or? Oh, audio. Totally. I don't, I don't understand Spotify people. I probably just lost like uh, um, everyone in the audience because I, f- I found that like I only some only a handful of my Internet friends like you um, use RDO. Everyone else is uses uses Spotify. And I'm like, why? Why do you I don't get it. I've tried them both and I just do not understand the appeal. Like when yeah. when, when RDO is there, when that is available, why would you use any of the other options? I don't get it. Yeah, but. I agree. I'm I'm confused by the interface on Spotify. I think people like it because a lot of their friends are on there and, and they do have a lot more albums available. Mm. Um, but I think both are suffering kind of from the same thing that uh, Coldplay or Taylor Swift or the big, big names are dropping now where they're just like, we won't, you know, Black Keys, we won't stream it for the first year or something. Mm. And they're kind of, they're kind of, and so that's, that's a bummer. But what I do love about, RDO and, and I suppose Spotify would be the same is the fact that I could pay the price of an album a month and listen to anything I want. So for me, when mm-hmm. we're ta- you're talking about being able to discover new bands, I'm able to listen to bands that, you know, like back in the day where, where you'd be at like the warehouse and like, well, should I buy that CD? I don't yeah. know. It's fourteen ninety five, and I just like one song it and I don't know. If, and this is, I get to experiment and discover all kinds of great new bands, which has just really opened up my world. And so I do like, you know, there's a handful of people that if I see their little um, avatar next to an album and I haven't listened to that album, I, I, I know their taste and I know that my taste is similar to theirs. And so I'm like, yeah. I'll try this one out. And, you know, there's been quite a few times that I've really enjoyed that album. And then I'm just like, man, this is a great album. I'm so, I discovered this, you know. Sia, for example, I always thought that she was just kind of some hack Eminem collaborator from way back when, but her, that album that she did was it 10,000 fears. I don't, I forget what it's called. Fantastic pop album. She's a brilliant songwriter. And I never would have, I never would have gone to the store and bought that. And I never would have gone to iTunes and bought that. But on RDO, the fact that I could just stream it and check it out, I'm like, wow, what a great album. And so I really do, I feel like my discovery has just gone through the roof. Um, 
by using a service like RDL. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm stoked on that for sure. I'm the same way. It was, <clears throat> it was a big uh, struggle at first for me with RDO because, you know, in addition to being like a purist, like you said, I'm also a collector. You know, I miss, you know, part of the whole fun of albums and books and movies and stuff like that was, was getting or purchasing the, you know, the, 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 the excitement of waiting for the release and driving to the store. And then, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the physical artifact and, you know, the stuff that you used to get and, all, and, and bands still put all that out. But, yeah. and, and I resisted it for a long time, but eventually, I don't know, I think it was when RDO first came out, I just gave up and said, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I don't have the money and it's, I'm, I just have to accept the fact that, uh, I'm going to go with the paying for access versus paying for, you know, ownership of the thing. And there's still probably about a handful, like half a dozen or so a year, um, probably not even that much actually, you know maybe even only three or four a year where I will buy the album. And if it came out on vinyl, I will buy that um, just because, and again, that's like, that's just because these are favorite bands or musicians that I like pretty much anything they do. And whenever they release something new, I'm going to buy it, but it's just a small handful. I mean, the vast majority is just listening on audio. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. In fact, it's funny because my birthday's coming up around the corner and, uh, at this age, it's kind of hard to find things that you want, and so yeah. I got a couple. One of my favorite bands is is Pearl Jam, which I'm you know child of the '90s kind of thing, and <laughs> and I've got their first album on on vinyl, ten, and then I remember I you know when I was young, I went into uh, I lived in the Central Valley of California. I drove out to Berkeley on the day that Vitology, which is their third album, was released because they were releasing it on vinyl a week before. CD. So I went out yeah. and bought it and then drove back home, put on my dad's record player and listened to it. And that whole experience was just, oh, it was so great. And so for my birthday, I was like, oh, well, I don't have the second album versus, you know, can I find that? And they've reissued it. But, you know, now I'm like, well, the reissue isn't good enough. I want the original. But the original, <laughs> you know, it, it, 250 or 300 bucks on eBay, mm-hmm. you know, add a print. And, uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, man, I'd love to have that as like a collector's item, you know, and I'd yeah. love to frame these first three albums and have them on the wall is so much of my, uh, youth and kind of discovering music began with that band inadvertently, you know, they blew up huge, but I, they weren't huge when I bought their first album and I was just kind of copying what my buddy was buying. I was like, oh yeah, I'll buy that too. And <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, but it's, uh. I do love that purchasing, you know, the bands that you really love, you know, they're going to put out something, you support it and you want to pick that up and um, totally. I'm totally with you there. So what, how your, when is your birthday? The 11th. Mine, mine's the 12th. That's crazy. How old, Sweet. Are, you, how old are you? What are you, what are you going to be <laughs> this year? I'll be 38. Dang man. I'm turning 35. And I said that out loud yesterday to a friend on the phone. It was the first time I said it out loud and it was just like, it's like, man, I'm running out of time. I got to get shit done, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's like half over. It's more than half over now, given my, you know, unhealthy sure. lifestyle. So it's like, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to end. But yeah, so so we're in the same, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I find lately that I, I don't, um, I just don't care as much about what's new or what is, what everyone else is listening to. Like, I find myself going back and listening to, you know, just favorites from, you know, the last 20 years. Cause there's plenty of stuff there to keep me occupied 
And yeah, I just, I just don't spend as much time. Like, you know, I used to spend so much time on RDO or various websites before there was RDO searching for new stuff, whatever was new and trying to find new bands and all that, and all that stuff. But part of that played into this sort of music snobbery, you know, like I, I wanted my list at the end of the year to be kind of highbrow, which after sure. a while I got to the point where I was like, that's just stupid. I mean, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. And, and then I just kind of started, you know, I, I spend most of my time listening to, um, like I said, not really listening to new stuff unless it's a favorite band, but mostly just listening to, um, just old favorites. Yeah. You know? It just, um, uh... Doug Bowman the other day tweeted yesterday, just yesterday, tweeted a lyric from U2's Octune Baby. Yep. And just the day before I had listened to it, I was like, man, 1990, I remember where I was. You remember the CD, <laughs> that package of Octune Baby would fold out like into like 12 panels or something, you know, if you got like the deluxe version and it just, you know, I, I had never heard sounds like that before, yeah. you know, that the edge was making on a guitar. And so, it, you know, I, I still go back to that and listen to that record and I still dig into all of those deep cuts from my favorite bands and I'll go on kicks or just be like a week of just you know old U2 or old Pearl Jam or Stone Temple Pilots even though they were kind of the knockoff band in the 90s but I was you know because I'm like oh wow these are still so great to me you know I don't know if like real music critics would be like yeah that was definitely a fantastic album but well part of it is nostalgia too because there are albums that are favorites of mine and they will always be favorites of mine just because of the the time and place and the stage of life when I discovered them and they may not be great albums at all but mm -hmm. they will always be favorites because you know they're wrapped up in whatever was going on in my life at that time you yeah. know like like the first the first Third Eye Blind album the first Matchbox Twenty album the you know, well not the first um, Goo Goo Dolls album but um, the second one uh -huh. whatever the name of that one was. Um, What's the name of that album? Do you remember that? I could picture the, I could picture the I can, cover. I can I see can't. the cover too. It was the <laughs> one that had Black Balloon, which was like a huge song that year. And, you know, albums like that, I mean, they may not be like great artistic albums, but they will always be like, I go back and listen to those all the time just because, you know, it just brings back memories of where I was yeah. at that time. But I, I had, um, I had one of my favorite musicians, Derek Webb on the show on Monday and he, uh, gave this great quote from Bono, which I hadn't heard before, which I thought you'd appreciate since you just mentioned Octoon Baby. But I guess Bono said that, um, um, well, and, and Derek said that, you know, that album is, is one of his favorite albums of all time. And, mm -hmm. and I guess the quote from Bono was that Octoon Baby is the sound of four men chopping down the Joshua tree, which oh, wow. I thought that was just, I just I just love things like that. I loved that quote, and I love the idea that they were just uh, basically saying, you know, they could keep repeating the Joshua Tree, which a lot of bands do, but it was essentially them, you know, tearing down everything they had built and basically removing people's, basically setting up expectations for people to not have any expectations from them. Basically, yeah, you never know what's going to come next, kind of thing. Right. The Joshua Tree is like the culmination of like just the perfection of all the stuff that they were doing before 
into yeah. like with perfect pop combined, you know, some of the stuff before was good, but it wasn't necessarily like radio material. Yeah. And this, you know, you just blow through almost every track as a single, Yeah, you know, and, uh, you, you think about Radiohead when, you know, I, I don't know if like planet, no, no, not planet, uh, the bands, I don't know if the, yeah. the bands was like huge for them commercially. Cause I wasn't into them at that time, but okay. Computer, they'd probably say the say, say the same thing of like, or kid a, they're just kid a was the chopping down of, okay computer which is you yeah. know probably in a lot of people's top 10 album uh of all time list which is just a fantastic album and i love those things i love the the fact is like you know what we can milk this thing again or we could completely reinvent ourselves <laughs> and that's just you know and when they do that and and it's ah, it's just such talent so many of these bands such talent to be able to completely redo it I guess before, I mean, the whole um, the whole point of this episode is that we were going to talk about our top five favorite albums of the year and play little clips because, I don't know, you and I have, um, well, at first I thought it was going to be this, you know, um, kind of ripping on each other about our music tastes because uh, you seem to tend to be sort of a um, total, you know, pop top 40 guy and I'm pretty much the opposite, but after listening to these I realized that um, actually uh, we're it's, it's 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 pretty similar, but I think that is also I think I said before in a pre-conversation we had that's also because I feel like um, the the mainstream sound has become more um, how do I put it more um, well the indie sound and the mainstream sound have have come closer together over the last few years. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I mean, even as we talked about some of the uh, the Taylor Swift tracks that I mentioned to you and how Jack Antonoff was the producer on both yeah. of them. It's like, oh, you could see the, you know, pop and indie kind of coming together and the mutual respect that these artists have for one another. And maybe the indie guys even being like, you know, it's okay if I work with Taylor Swift, who may have been shunned a few years <laughs> previous, you know? Yeah. Um, but I agree, Adam, I listened to your stuff that you sent over. I think I listened to... I didn't finish, uh, was it Datum? Is that the name? Is that one of them? Uh, um, Daily? Daily. I didn't finish Daily, but I started it. I, I went through Bleachers. Uh, and I was, I, I enjoyed just about everything, you know. Like, it, they, it, they probably wouldn't have been my top, but, you know, I think we have a similar ear. You're more yeah. willing to go out on a limb than I am. Well, um, I, I don't know. I, here's what I like, and here's what I look for in music. And and don't I have my guilty pleasures? And I don't. Again, I don't even really like the term guilty pleasure anymore because I've given up any sense of of music snobbery. Um, like even a band that is just universally ridiculed, like um, what's their name, Nickelback. You know, just universally ridiculed. They're still one of the most successful bands of all time. And they know how to do something right, you know, and I've just, I've given up any kind of music snobbery. Like I said, it's, 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 it's so hard. It's impossible, I think, to genuinely classify art at this point in my life as, you know, this is high brow quality and this is like, this is healthy and this is junk food. I don't, I don't really think, you know, maybe there's some merit to those kind of classifications, but I don't think so anymore, but get back to what I was saying is that the thing I look for and the thing that most attracts me is I just love great writing. And so my favorite albums tend to be from artists or bands who re can really write a clever turn of phrase. You know, there'll be like a line of a song that just kills me. And I'll listen to that 
10, 15, 20 second line over and over and over again, you know, because just that phrase or the way they wrote that, um, it's, it's almost like, you know, an author, you know, just they're really good writers, you know, yeah. and and it, I don't know. It seems like the people who do that really well also tend to be really good musicians, too. But my favorite bands or musicians are the ones where they're really great. Um, they're really great uh uh, musically, like they write great melodies, but they can also, they just write those turns of phrase. That's why I like Chris Caraba so much and all his various projects is because uh-huh. his songs are so just filled with these clever little turns of phrase that just, you know, like kill me every time. Yeah. And, um, which is why Twin Forks, his new project was on my list mm-hmm. this year, but all the ones that, well, you know, some of the ones on yours anyway, I think, um, I, f- I feel that way about, and I don't know. Well, I mean, I it's, guess, it's interesting. I was going to ask you, I was going to say, are you, I feel like there's two kinds of music listeners, uh, people that listen for the lyric and then people that listen for the music. Yeah. And you know, you sound like you really appreciate the lyric first. Um, and my wife is the same way where she'll listen to a song and she'll be like, God, oh, these, and, and I'm the guy who's, I don't, I barely hear the lyrics. I'm just listening for the hook or mm-hmm. listening for the great musicianship of, um, you know, the players on the track. And so, you know, we could be singing, the band could be singing about Club and Baby Seals and I'll still be like, this is the best <laughs> song if it has a great hook, you know? Well, that's, um, that's funny because like my wife is like you, like I don't think she, um, a lot of times I don't think she even notices the lyrics or or whatever. It's just all about, you know the hook or the beat or the song and sometimes it's about the lyrics but um yeah for me it's just it's all yeah it it's both you know it can't be it's not you know because i like music i like stuff like explosions in the sky i like bands who are more instrumental or Mm -hmm. bands like um well now i'm drawing a blank what's the iceland um sigur ross yeah like who you know obviously you can't even understand anything they're saying but you know i still love their stuff so there are certainly those things but my favorite things like the ones that you know that's why like my favorite bands are bands like counting crows and um rob thomas and his various projects and uh jack white and the decemberists and the flaming lips and like some those are all like my favorite bands because they just in my opinion they just write these great little um song like these these lyrics that just you know i could just read the lyrics and and they just uh they get to me you know and so yeah yeah that's that's what i look for mostly it's just i look for music that feels honest and i don't know if that makes sense like you know if if i can believe the the whoever is singing or whatever they're doing like if i can believe them like if i can really somehow like believe them or identify or relate in some way to what they're saying and it feels like it's real um and it's not just crafted for the radio it's it's not just crafted for what will you know get the most plays that's what attracts me at this point yeah no i i totally hear you i i start to get into the lyrics after i've consumed all of the music yeah. part, you know, or those little things. I know exactly what you're talking about and, and I can't ob- think of any off the top of my head. Well, maybe one, but the Pearl Jam album from Vitology, really old, 1995. Uh, there's one song where, where Eddie Vedder, um, he's singing, he's, he's saying, uh, it's the song Whipping 
and the 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 lyric or the whole stanza would be there's too much blood um is what he says but he can't fit it all into the musical thing so he goes there's too much and then the next line starts with blood blah 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 and and it goes on it's like oh, i love how that was that last word was part of the first you know the previous sentence yep. but he couldn't fit it in there so he threw it on the second one i was like oh, it's just it's great i really i really those kinds of little details where you pick that up, you go, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, could you, cool. if you had to pick a favorite song of all time, could you even do that? Oh my God. No, probably not. I'd had to think a lot. I'd have to make a list and rearrange that list and rearrange yeah, it see, some I'm, more. I'm the same way. Like people say, what, what's your favorite of this or that? And I'm like, I, I couldn't possibly with movies is where I get that way. Like I couldn't possibly, I could pick a favorite within a certain subgenre of a certain subgenre, but I couldn't just pick one all time. But I've thought about the music one a lot. And I think if I had to just on the spot pick a favorite song of all time, yeah. oh, what would it be? It would be uh, Mrs. Potter's Miss Potter's Lullaby from okay. Counting Crows This yeah. Desert Life. Um which yeah. is like a seven minute sprawling song and it's just um it's I think it just has so many, yeah, I've thought about it a lot, obviously. I think if I had to pick a favorite song, it would be that one, because that song is just filled with the story and the emotion, as well as all these little one-liner type, like you just were talking about with the Pearl Jam song, these little phrases yeah. that just um, that just get me, you know? Yeah, but- <laughs> and Adam Duritz is so great. I've never had the, the chance to see them live, but my understanding is like, no performance is the same. Like yeah. he's, he's got the ability to mix up the lyrics or to change a tempo or a flow. And, and, and so every time you see those guys, I hear it's just like a total treat. Cause you're like, that was different from yeah, the Yeah. Cause they're, time. they're kind of like a jam band a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all, it's always, um, it's just different. It's always going to be different. And, that's why they're li- like some bands live albums are real let down because it's just the exact same thing as the album. It's just you hear the crowd noise in there. But bands like Counting Crows, their live albums are, you know, completely different experience from the actual real album because it's uh, they did all kinds of different stuff and their solos and all that stuff. Yeah. But anyway, well, so we were going to do our top five and. And I thought we would kind of rip on each other a little bit about these selections, but it turns out that they're actually pretty similar. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it, let me, I, I, you know, I went through the albums that from the, the ones that you listed, so, but I want to hear the cuts that you, that you like and, and why you like yeah. them. Yeah. We're going to play, we're going to play a little, couple little samples here and hopefully I don't get sued by whoever these uh, <laughs> record labels are uh, um, if they should ever stumble across this podcast. So uh, you said yours were in no particular order. So I was going right. to go like five to one, you know, like from, you know, number five down to number one. But yours, you said were in no particular order, but I just put them in the order that you sent them to me. Okay. So yeah, we'll do that. That, that so. sounds good because those were, you know, I, I honestly went through and, and that order I didn't rank them, but that was the order of, that, that came to mind as I yeah, went through. Definitely. And I was like, oh, obviously this one. Okay, so yeah. we'll start with your your number five was uh, Taylor Swift, 1989, and the track was um, You Are In Love, I think. Yeah. Is that right? So this track, you had trouble finding it. It was like on the Target bonus uh, CD, and... Um, 
uh, if this is fine, I just to, to precursor the listen. This track is like, uh, and I think uh, Taylor Swift had said that it was this album was more '80s inspired, and you could definitely hear some of that. But this track is just total, like the the beginning clip to me is just like '80s ballad, just takes me back. Like they they don't make write music like this that much anymore, and so <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was digging this one. It stood out. It's not an upbeat kind of fun song, but this was produced by uh, Jack uh, Antonoff, um, Max Martin, and Shellback, who are just you know Martin and Shellback are the, those guys are like the the P form geniuses right now. I didn't even realize that until you said that, and and then after you said that, I listened to it and I realized it does have it has that Bleachers sound all over it to me, you know, okay. which yeah. I didn't think of before. But I mean, it, it, you know the connection producing anyway all right well let's just uh let's just play the track and then we'll we'll be back here in a second one look dark room meant just for you time moved too fast you play it back buttons on a cold light-hearted joke no proof not much but you saw enough Small talk, he drives coffee at midnight The light reflects the chain on your neck He says, look up and your shoulders brush No proof, one touch, you felt Okay, so you, you tell me like when I, I hadn't I hadn't listened to the new Taylor Swift album, but I was uh you know, I, I'm definitely going to listen to it now after listening to that whole track that you sent me. Obviously I feel the same way. It's just there's so much uh emotion in that song and it, it didn't sound anything like, you know, what I've at least come to expect from Taylor Swift with the last two albums just being huge you know, huge like production pop radio. You know, as you yeah. said, it, it it had um there was a lot of soul to, and obviously you can't tell much with that short clip, but there was a lot of soul to that song. I thought. Yeah, she definitely. You know, she's not my favorite lyricist, but she and she's kind of. It's always kind of a love story thing, but I, you know, there it, it was just a great keyboard intro. There was a little bit of like. I don't know what the plucking instrument was that, that kind of picked up halfway through in there. Um, but to me, just kind of that, you know, uh, the repeating phrase of the, of the keyboard going and, um, you know, and, and it was total 80s. This is total 80s yeah. to me in my mind of like, oh, that's an 80s ballad. Um, well, that's true of, of a lot of what is popular now. Anyway, the last couple of years, maybe even more than that, the, the, the 80s influence is just all over everything. I mean, right. Right, even, but even maybe the, the more up-tempo indie. stuff, right? Um, God, what was the band that was huge? Like, it, it seems like some of the '80s stuff is more up-tempo, or and the indie indie scene is kind of picking up on it. But this was kind of like this is just this old '80s ballad that, um, in my mind, and, and like I said, Jack Antonoff and Max Martin and Showback produced it, and she worked with Imogen Heap, yeah, um, on this album. She worked with um, a couple other names, and my understanding was like. You know, it, it was less produced as far as like, well, there was, you know, there was less songwriters um, that, that you bring in. Country artists usually bring in 
you know, one right. for every song. Um, but anyways, it, it, it's not probably the, the standout track or the one that people would go to. I mean, obviously it's not even on the, the, you know, you have to get the target CD. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can, CD. I looked everywhere for that. I looked at the album in iTunes and audio and, um, it's not, uh, I couldn't find that track anywhere. So it's just like a, is it a special bonus or something? Yeah. If you buy the target version, you get that, you get two or three songs and, Actually, there's a few of the tracks at the end of that Target version where she plays you her demos, which are literally just like piano notes, like, interesting, you know, G, D, C <laughs> kind of things. And she's just riffing over them. But that's how she would send stuff. Like, I think one of them she sent to Ryan Tedder um, from One Republic, who produced a track or two. Um, yeah. And that's kind of cool to hear. Like, some of these are just still pretty stripped down. Um things you know but that musically that for me that was I, I just really dug that sound and 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 the melody of that track yeah well it's like i don't know the same thing with i don't know if you listened to my well you said you started to listen to the daily album days and nights but uh -huh. that whole album was was great and it's just total soul i mean that's all it is it's it's classic it's it's the classic you know soul rhythms and and grooves and even the beats um, yeah, are there? It surprised me that that was on your list because I didn't peg you for that kind of guy. Yeah, well, yeah, that. that's that's what I'm saying. It's uh, I've found that uh, you know, a couple of your top five are in my top twenty five. They just didn't make my top five, but yeah, I think they're more similar than than uh, we think. Okay, so anyway, I wish I could. Um, my number five was was Twin Forks. I wish we we could do the Bleachers one because you'd see the similarity there. But we'll get to that in a second. So this. Um, <clears throat> I had a hard time picking a track because like a lot of Chris Carabas stuff, just every song is filled with these limericks, these little turns of phrase. And I just had to pick one that um, I liked. And uh, so anyway, this is uh, the song called Plans off of Twin Forks' new album. Okay, so like for those who don't know, Chris Caraba is is basically Dashboard Confessional, and last year, 2013, he started a new project called Twin Forks, which is an acoustic band. Um, it's essentially Dashboard, just acoustic, and they released an EP, but this year the full album came out, and that was a, a, a clip from that, and... I mean, I don't know if you're a big Dashboard confessional fan, which I am, so I can hear how that is. I mean, to me, it sounds, it's it's Dashboard, just acoustic. But, you know, like I said, what I love about him is, you know, you have to be in the right mood for him because he still is stuck. In, I mean, all his songs are still just so heavy with emotion and they're either, and it's either an album about a breakup or an album about the falling in love. So... You know, I have to be in the right mood to listen to it. And he sticks with that theme, which doesn't apply as much these days after 
being married for eight years and having kids, uh-huh. but still, it's still there. And I just love like in all of his songs and maybe it's just his voice, but there's just so much emotion, so much angst. And, and I love that. Like I, I will never get tired of the sort of romantic existential angst, you know, that kind of, yeah. that kind of music. He definitely, you know, I, I do like, uh, Chris Caraba and I do, uh, have listened to, uh, my share of dashboard confessional, not so much <laughs> their early acoustic stuff, but some yeah. of their, um, other albums that were more full band. I listened to, um, quite a bit and I did listen to twin forks back cause I heard the, the EP and really liked it. And then I listened to the full length. Um, and that song actually stood out as different from a lot of the other stuff was kind of on the trend of, um, Mumford and sons or the Lumineers where it was kind of this, um, I don't even know what genre you would put that in, but, but it was more totally. Upbeat, yeah, the know? first the first half of that first three or four tracks of the album were definitely more, as you said, that sort of Mumford and Sons, just you know that stomping um, kick drum through the whole right. thing, and little mandolins and stuff like that. Right. And then the last half kind of went more ballady and went more into the typical Chris Caraba stuff, which is just you know these heartbreaking lyrics. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, and I could see like the, I mean, the music, you know, the music was was so simple that 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 I, you know, I found myself listening to the lyrics because the music was so simple, yeah, you know, and it was just it, so to me, it, Chris Crab is just kind of a great storyteller um, through through the songs that he writes, um, and so I dug that, yeah. and I dug how he went went up higher, you know, when he got to the chorus there, um, and. Well, it's just yeah. it, for me. It's just it's the it's the turns of phrase, man. Like one of my favorites from um, um, a couple albums ago was a song called "Bell of the Boulevard," and there's this lyric in there where he says, um, "I don't have this memorized. I actually just googled it, <laughs> so uh-huh. I don't actually have all these memorized." But he said, um, uh, "You know, all, they're all stories about you know relationships." Um, ending or starting and this one was kind of about a relationship ending thinking back to you know and and the guy not wanting it to end and the lyric was um thinking back and so it starts uh back like you never broke you tell a dirty joke he touches your leg and thinks he's getting close for now you let him just this once just for now and just like that it's over you know and it's just like stuff like that just kills me you know because I just love that kind of stuff. And I've been through enough breakups where I can identify with all of it. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, he's one of my favorites for those turns of phrase. But, um, so yeah, Twin Forks, I, I like it. I, I hope there's more dashboard stuff, but I like this new, the new stuff he's doing with that anyway. Yeah. So. If I, if I had ranked 25, Twin Forks may have, have been <laughs> one of the 25 I listened to this year. Nice. I, I definitely did spend that one quite a bit. Well, first came out. you're, um, your next one was Ryan Adams and Ryan Adams is one of my favorites too. And this album was in my top 25, just not my top five. But, um, but he's, he's for me, like, I don't know if he's someone who every single album you just, you like one of my best friends is, you know, anything he comes out with is just instantly one of his favorites of the year. And for me, Ryan Adams is hit or miss. Like I like a lot of it. Some I don't like for, for me, um, there's never even been a whole album that I just completely loved, but there are certain songs that he writes that are probably some of the best songs I've ever heard, you know? 
I, I agree 100%. He is big time hit and miss for me. Uh, you know, the last album that he did that I really liked was Gold. I think it was called Gold mm-hmm. uh, with him, like the American flag colors. Um, and he did, was it one called Rock and Roll that I liked? Maybe a few of them. He's done, I've never, he's also someone who seems like he puts out an album every three months. I mean, like right. his catalog is so huge. It's hard to, if you haven't right. been so in he's it. Not, he's not yeah. eliminating the stuff and just going, well, I'm going to grab the best from all these and, you know, over yeah. time put them into an album. But this album in particular is right up there with Gold where I feel like, I could blow through the whole thing and, and every track is good. And I was really surprised that he did it. Um, you know, cause it's been a while since he's put out something that I really liked. Um, but I found myself coming back to this album, you know, from a musical standpoint, Ryan Adam plays a Telecaster through like, I think a Princeton reverb and the reverb is just, you know, he's hitting some, some of these notes and, and letting them hang and, or some chords and, um, his lyrics are good. The melodies are good. Everything about all of these songs on here, I, I like. I can't remember which one I picked, but um, well, you, I had you a picked, difficult time uh, picking one. Yeah, you picked the the track. You picked was um, "My Wrecking Ball," which is the title yeah. track because the album was called "Wrecking Ball." So um, we'll listen. All right, here's the clip of uh, Ryan Adams. Driving through the streets tonight It's hard, I got the windows down I wish I could call you, I wish you were still around Nothing much left in the tank Somehow this thing still drives Get forgot what it needed but somehow still survives And all the walls we build, they must come down. So, for not being a lyrics guy, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's a great. It's like, a great like when I heard song. that, when I heard that, it immediately made me think of uh, Jason Isbell. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's uh-huh. he's a member or used to be a member of the Drive By Truckers, and he's a country artist. And he released an album last year, which was one of my favorites, called Southeastern. And it sounded, the whole album sounded just like that. Um, okay. It was just acoustic guitar and this guy singing these songs that are just heartbreakingly beautiful. But so what attracts you to that after all, everything you just said of being the hook guy and not the lyrics guy? Um, the Probably the melody. As it goes on, I mean, it's just, it's a great song. The song ends with those same lyrics that it, that it begins with, um, you know, where he's just talking about going for a drive. It's hot outside. Uh, wish I, you wish I could give you a call, wish you were still around or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I've had my, my fair share of breakups and heartaches and I, but, but I don't, I don't feel like I, yeah, I've been married 15 years. It's been a while since a breakup, <laughs> but it, the, the, um, musically it, it, that to me is quintessential Ryan Adams. Yeah. Just like, Guitar, singer, songwriter, little reverb on his voice, and let him go. And I, I think I, this, the song builds up more. Um, and the whole, you know, this is kind of one of the, a lot of the songs, at least half of them are, are pretty electric. Um, like the Telecaster, the reverb, heavy reverb that yeah. I was talking about. But this one in particular, this is the one that I always just find myself singing, yeah. you know, in, in the car or something. So I, I did pick this one. Um, but the whole album is great. Whole but great. I just found it. Um I almost found it not fitting. Like it definitely s- stands out 
Well, that one and Beck too, but but this one the yeah. most stands out from your others and from like the music you talk about and you know the the Twitter, the kind of uh, Twitter mock fights that go on yeah. between us and several other people over mm-hmm. um, uh, pop music and indie music. Like I was just surprised that you. Um, you know, not that you like Ryan Adams, but you know, like everything you said, this, th- I mean, he's, he's very much a lyricist and a storyteller. And I mean, there aren't, I mean, there are hooks, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's put on headphones and, and listen to the music and get sucked into those stories. Music. Right. Yeah. There's something about his phrasing and, and the melody of, of that track that's just, yeah. you know, he just starts playing and you just, you already got the groove, right? Yeah. Just the way he's strumming and kind of doing you know totally um yeah well my number four was um bleachers and when i sent you my list bleachers and barcelona were both my top five and you were like you're such a hipster man but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but maybe your opinion will change after listening to this track i think you probably already have listened to it but i mean to me this it's yeah bleachers is definitely um a band that's on most hipsters uh lists but still i mean this is the same stuff man this is like this track from Bleachers, their album this year, Strange Desire. This is a roller coaster. And to me, this is, you know, this is pop as it gets. But here's here's All the right. clip from right. that. It was summer when I saw your face. Looked like a teenage runaway. And God, I never thought we'd take it that far. Some killer queen you are. Now I'm running and I can't stop. Anywhere I go, I think about it every day and night. I can't let go. Man, I'm never the same. Alright, so what in, in uh, what is possibly not like hooky and poppy and p there's p form all I over ad- that. I admit I was wrong to comment <laughs> about bleachers <laughs> being hipster, uh, and maybe maybe they are because the way that Jack Antonoff dresses. But well, they that totally song- are. Their previous album, this album, was definitely much more like what you just heard than their last album their last albums were definitely more of what you like to call the jingly jangly you know um yeah yeah, it's just kind of you know that's that was the perfect pop song that that right there was the perfect pop song and and honestly like it could it could have been on that taylor swift album and i i would really be curious to know when jack wrote that song and if it was around the same time he was collaborating with taylor swift or obviously max martin and shellback were around too because that that's a, it's the perfect pop song right there. Like the, I, I loved everything about that track, and that track stood out to me when I went back and listened to the album after you mentioned it, saying like I think you might like this. And so it did to me. But I honestly had a hard time. This was one of those ones where I had like three different ones. I was like I just don't know which one. I just had to pick that one um, because I feel like the almost the whole album has that feel to it, or a lot of the album at least has that very um, upbeat. Um, uh, and see, there's 80s, all the synths and the, oh, the yeah. driving rhythm. I mean, yeah. it's all over that whole album. And so I didn't know that he was involved with the T- Taylor Swift project. And when I started listening to the Taylor Swift stuff, I mean, yeah, I don't know how you can't, 
hear that and then hear that Taylor Swift uh, cut that we played a few minutes ago and not see the, you know. Yeah. The other one that he produced that made it on there was called Out of the Woods on the Taylor Swift album. And, mm-hmm. and very similar to this, just kind of that upbeat and and the lyrics are kind of going, you know, the phrasing is going along with the rhythms and. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good, totally. that's a great track. That was a, that was a winner, Adam. I give you a point. <laughs> nice. nice. Okay. Well, you're number three. This is where we're gonna. This is where we're gonna draw blood because this is uh, Iggy Azalea. I guess is how you say it. I had never yeah. even I had never even heard of this person. Um, first of all, the album really? is yeah. That my, my well, my wife knew obviously. Um, big fan. Uh-huh. The album is uh, the new classic. And there's this track called uh, Goddess, and let's just play it and then discuss it because um, I'll just, well, yeah, I'll save any comments for afterward, but I think this is where we will start to part ways some. So, <laughs> all right, okay. here, here, here's, uh, here's this uh, Iggy Azalea track. All right, you go first. Ex- explain. What is explain. there not to like about that? Okay, so <laughs> a couple of things. I, I'd love to know who was playing the guitar on that. Yeah. Um, great, great solo. Like if I could emulate that solo every time I play guitar, I'd be content. Um, <laughs> there's something to me, like Iggy's album, that, that was a little bit harder. And, and I picked that instrumental section because there's just this, for me musically, like you, you know the songs that go with just kind of that descending you know, from a B to an A to a yeah. F sharp, you yep. know, like it's got that feel. It's got the, so then she starts rapping over the top of it. Yep. And to me, like, you know, even some of the stuff that Kanye will do or Jay-Z where, where they've got, or Beyonce's got some stuff where she's over this great guitar work, heavier guitar. I'm a huge fan of, and the rest of the album is more traditional rap, but that one's like, you could feel her angst, you know, like bow down to a goddess. I just, <laughs> ah, there's just something. It's just, it's a, it's not a rebel song, but it's, it's one you raise your fist to and you're, you know, you, you could get really into it. I, I do like a lot of, of, of hip hop stuff. I guess you'd put her in hip hop category. Um, she doesn't cross the line to just like complete degradation yeah. of women. Obviously she is a woman, but she doesn't, she doesn't go there. She just doesn't get so foul and vulgar with just, pointless lyrics like I really really like her entire album Um, but this track in particular was the one that I I would put on like a playlist and and listen to over and over again more for the musical aspect but then when when people could rap over rock like that mm, you know (laughs) I don't know man this was um, um, I did not uh, I did not dig it I felt like um, I felt like you could have you brought up Kanye and that was what I was going to say I felt like uh, you could have replaced her with Kanye um saying singing whatever those same lyrics and uh-huh. it would have been um it is it's it's to me like that sounds like everything i don't like about kanye west and i i dislike almost everything he does um except that um 
the one album, 808s and Heartbreak, I think is a brilliant album and one of my favorite albums of all time. And then I realized that that is just like this outlier of his catalog because nothing else he's ever done before since then sounds like that. Um, Most of his stuff sounds like this. And that's why I've never been a big fan of his. But I don't know. I just don't. um, I don't know. It's it's the same reason I don't like um, uh, Kesha and artists like that is that it just there's something about it that's like um, like everything we played up until now is uh soulful soulful and emotional and you can connect to it and you can feel you know um and to me like this was the stuff this is like something like i was talking about like i it feels just like um you know even just the refrain the bow down to a goddess just just felt you know i was just like who does this girl think she is you know it's well, like <laughs> she's the goddess and the guy doing the double stop on the solo there to open it up is just you know yeah Remember um, Michael Jackson, uh, Dirty Diana video, the gal with like the lion's mane of hair shredding on some yeah. Ibanez guitar, <laughs> you know, that's just what I picture, Yeah, you know, somebody just tearing it up. Um, it's, you know, it's an angst filled song for sure. And she, you know, I, I think you could, you could hear that right emotionally. She's kind of like coming across that way with, with that uh, authority in her voice, Uh yeah, anyway, I don't know what so it was. It may have just been delivery. I'm not sure. When I when I showed my wife your list, she was like, ooh, and she texted me some a video from an Iggy Azalea song that she absolutely loves and I haven't watched it yet. But um but I don't know if if, if all of if, if this is characteristic of the majority of her stuff or this is um It's not. This is an not, outlier on the album, um, hmm. I think. You know, it's it's like track nine or ten, so it's kind of buried down in there. But her other stuff is much more traditional. Um yeah. I think she's just amazing uh female rapper for sure nice well i hadn't even heard of her so i need to i can't really comment until i listen to more of it but yeah anyway so that's fine, uh, that's fine. you don't have to like yeah it. I'll have to, you know i'll check it out i will but um right. so my number three and i this daily album days and nights um um th- this was a little bit abnormal for me because well, i don't know i just um this album was one that um I mean, I listen to so much like over and over and over again, because the whole album is kind of it's one of those albums that it tells, you know, all the songs are they're all perfect little pop songs in and of themselves, but they're also all connected to tell a whole story, you know, and the whole theme of Days and Nights is this guy who has, you know, broken up with the girl or lost the girl somehow and and you and you start listening to the beginning of the album and the first track is called um time travel and you and he starts out singing you know all i need is time travel and you like if i could go back and undo what i've done you know that's all i need and then moves into this track which i'm about to play and moves into all the all the songs are about like and it starts out like trying to almost like convince the person that we can go back. It's possible. We can undo this. We can continue. And then the album kind of takes a shift where it's like accepting that this is over. So let's just remember the the best of it. And then it kind of ends with some of that angst of, you know, what's next. And so it's all connected and it's a total soulful, you know, R&B album. And okay, so breakup albums are some of my favorite, and well, some me too. I think are just yeah. the best because they're just so 
raw and emotional and you like you said you could really connect like you know the the songwriter so I, i'll have to give this one a full listen i maybe got two tracks into the album but yeah I'm, well, I'm curious to hear which cut you like well this one i picked this one this one is definitely i think this was the single off the album it's definitely probably one of the more um it, it's definitely got that uh, old time it's definitely got that old you know uh, r&b groove to it and some of the others don't have that quite as much but it's uh he's really interesting with like the programming um and the drums and the rhythms through all the songs but they're also um just emotionally tell the story that i mean and, and who can't like honestly whether you're married or whether you're in a relationship or whatever but especially you're married you've been married a long time who can't identify with that feeling of um um i wish i could uh if we could just go back to this point and I could not say that thing or do that thing, um, that you would give anything to be able to do that. And, sure. uh, and this whole album kind of is about, is about that. Anyway, this is the, this one is called uh, look up. Uh, this cut is from daily, uh, days and nights. I know, I know, I know that you're not happy here. You don't need to say It's all over your face You can't erase it, no I wish that we could face The things that hold us back Before we fade to black Instead we choose to taste Okay, I don't know what you thought of that, but like, for me, the one the reason I picked that track is that one line in there that I can't like. I don't know me as, and I'm not going to turn this into uh, the marriage therapy podcast, but I mean, I can just identify so much like that. I, that line kills me where he's like, "I wish that we could face the things that hold us back before we fade to black, but instead we choose to chase the things we know won't last," and it just. Uh, it just, I can't, you know, I can't not like feel the chills every time I hear that. Oh, are we back? I'm sorry. I fell asleep <laughs> during that song. <laughs> Dude, that I just is, got really track, honest there. And you, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That track <laughs> is everything I hate about R&B. <laughs> are you serious? It, it just, I was just waiting for it to go somewhere musically. Well, I did cut out kind of well you know we're playing clips just like some of your clips they and, cut and out. I, I honestly i listened to daily in the first cut i probably got through two or three tracks at the beginning and i was like god i could dig this you know like this is i'm a big fan of miguel and i thought oh, yeah. this is kind of similar you know um but that track right there i'd skip it every time probably uh i can't just you know and, and it's because i'm not the lyric guy like yeah. I, i'm listening to the bass line i'm like that's pretty cool are we gonna get to like a pretty good chorus, like with a great hook or like some great melody or, and, mm-hmm. and we, and maybe it's there and you, it wasn't part of your clip, but, um, I could care less about what he's saying. I just did not. 
It was boring me to sleep. I kind of kind of have that something in there. Yeah. It didn't have it for me yet, and maybe it does later. So, but I honest, I would give it a try. I would give that whole album a try. It's interesting that both of our number threes. Like I, I couldn't connect with your number three at all. You're not connecting at all with my number three. Yeah. But I think we will with each other's top two, and we have up to this point. So that's kind of ironic that yeah. it's that third one that neither of us really. Um, but yeah, th- this album is like a Chris Caraba album, and it's like you said, a breakup album. The whole thing is connected. It's all a story, and and it's all about this guy wishing he could uh, um, go back and undo what has led them to this point, and that is what you know, you know, it just gets me every time. Yeah. And it's just the whole album is it's classic soul R and B with more of a modern twist on the production and the drums and the you know the rhythms and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, so check it out. See what you think. I will. I will give it a listen. <clears throat> All right, so your number two was Beck, Morning Phase, and this was on my list too, just not on the top five. Beck is another one of those that um, is definitely hit or miss for me. I think Sea Change is probably one of the best albums ever made, just like Ryan Adams. You know, like th- this one Breakup is... Album. Yeah, one of the best albums ever made, but um, his stuff and, and usually whenever he releases an album it definitely is in the top 25 for me but it's just not um, it, it rarely does his stuff ever get all the way for me all the way to the top um, but I still can definitely like it and appreciate it what did you what did you like well, like why is this number two for so you essentially when I heard that he, he did this album with the same players from Sea Change so we're talking about the same musicians yep. that were on Sea Change um, which is one just, reason I think I like this one so much. Right. Which track did I pick here? Is it Morning Phase? Is you that the picked, track I picked? Uh, yeah, you picked... Um, is, that the, is that the title track? What's the, what's the name the, of the album? The, the track you picked was... The name of the album is Morning Phase, and you right. picked Morning. So Okay. So the, the, the whole album starts off with like a 40-second symphony piece, orchestra piece that his dad wrote. And then, it, and then it, it it goes out and it cuts to this, and and I think I, I did the beginning, or I asked you to record the beginning section. But this, like the, the guitar strums, and immediately you're back to 2006. Yeah, sea change, and like I was just like, ah, oh, this is because yeah. early, early back. So maybe um, not mellow gold, but Odile, mm-hmm. like. That quirky back I could get into. Yeah. Mutations, I think. Was it was Mutations the one? The Grave is Grave. I could get into that. Some of his other quirky stuff, I just can't go there. But Beck is so diverse where he puts out really, really weird stuff that I can't get into. And then he's got this brilliant songwriting, like Sea Change and Morning Phase that I was like, oh, man, this is – Yeah. So th- this whole album, you know, when it came out, I was so excited and, and I was like, album of the year – to start and and I I I, burn, I I overplayed I burned out on it but <laughs> this to me this track is just it, it it reminds me so much of Sea Change and so much of just yeah. what a great just singer songwriter um, Beck is so which is yeah I think that's why I liked this album a lot because it reminded me so much of that other one of Sea Change and that's really the only album I've ever really loved from Beck because as you said you never know what he's going to do it's just there's no expectation of what the next thing's going to be and so it's extremely hit or miss for me um and but sea change was yeah and this reminded me a lot of that so here's uh the uh morning from morning phase
So yeah, that sounds like that could have been on sea change. Right. Right. I, I, I picked that chorus part there. I mean, that guy or whoever, the couple of people that hit the falsetto yeah. at the end there that he's singing over and then it drops back down uh, to the note that they're on. And, and I think there's probably even some xylophone that comes in, right? You know, as the guitar yeah. that we that we missed out on. But uh, Beck, you know, when Beck does that kind of stuff, nobody could say no to him, I think. Yeah. You know. I agree. Has he, I don't know, though. I mean, he has other than this album, Morning Phase and Sea Change, nothing else he's done sounds like this, though. Really, I think. You're right. Nothing else does. Um, I think it's called Mutations. Um, so Beck's Mutations was produced by, again, right here, um, Nigel Godrich, who, who did OK Computer, yeah. um, amongst other things. Um, and to me, that's like... That's a good album where it's 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 a yeah mutations. It's a little bit of singer songwriter, but still some of the weird back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't listen to Modern Guilt. Song Reader was the last album he put out, and he didn't even release the music. He just released the sheet music, and you mm-hmm. could play it yourself, which was <laughs> interesting, you know, which is cool. But he's got you know a bunch of his other stuff is just kind of hit and miss for me. He's put out quite a bit, and and he's yeah. a very very talented and knowledgeable musician. Definitely, um, yeah you know, and somebody who appreciates music, but I don't think he's done, you know, sea change in this, in this album morning phase are my two favorites by him. By nice. Long. Well, um, so my number two is Barcelona and I don't know if you listen to this one at all. Barcelona and bleachers, like I said, were the two that you were, um, um, uh, ripping on me for, and this isn't actually an album. I don't know why they released four, four track EPs this year, um, called part one, part two, part three, and part four. And all of the, all the artwork um, aligns, and I'm not sure why they didn't just release one album instead of these four EPs that are clearly connected, and you know they flow from one to the next. But anyway, this this uh, this track is uh, from part one called "Love Her," and this particular song from them is called um i'm sorry love me not love her love me and this particular song is called background so tell me what you think of this What do you think? Um, I mean, total 80s sound like we've been talking about. But, yeah. So I was I was a big fan of Barcelona's album called Absolutes, mm-hmm. um, which may have been their first one. And this is nothing like that. That's <laughs> like, not. They just completely – I don't know if they got new uh, band members, but they abandoned the sound that I was a big fan of. Mm. And so I saw these EPs come out and was like, sweet, new Barcelona music. And then I played them and I was like, not Barcelona. This is a different <laughs> band. And yeah. so, and I did, I honestly, I didn't come back to it. Um, yeah. I liked it. it. It had the 80s sound, but it didn't have the, it didn't have a, a catchy melody for me. It seemed a little bit more downer, which is kind of Barcelona's style and maybe works in the more melancholy style, style of music as opposed to like, this is upbeat 80s, but then 
the, the melody line or the lyric made me feel like, oh, it's just kind of. It is definitely it is definitely more downer. Um, it's not as down as some of, you know, some of the music I like that you hate, like Damien Rice, for example. But um, it, def- yeah. it definitely uh, is. Yeah. It is. And, and I had a really I, this was one I could not. I just man, I had a really hard time picking which which track because there's 12 songs and they're all just you know all just uh really good but they're all but they are definitely all you know they're um they're not um yeah i don't know if they'd call it a uh, they're all they're not it's not all breakup necessarily but it is all kind of um a little bit more melancholy if you will yeah yeah which is a weird juxtaposition between like that really upbeat 80s kind of synth tempo kind of thing you know yeah but it had they had kind of the minor minor stuff yeah. in there yeah. and um which yeah, I like that's some of my some of my favorite stuff too from the '80s is that that big that big boomy synth driven sound with lots of the you know lots of the minor stuff and yeah. I mean yeah that was really popular then obviously but yeah. so I mean so just like like you could like it or was it like uh, the daily like you're just not feeling it uh, I I possibly could like it I'd have to listen to him again. I too was confused. I was like, why is there only four songs? And then there'd be another one. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, we just put these in one. So I don't have to go dig them up. Right. I want to listen to them. Um, I, I don't know. Adam, I tried a bunch. I tried it. I know I tried most of them at least once and yeah. did not come back probably because in my mind I'm thinking this is going to be like Barcelona's yeah. absolute. So I loved and, and it was yeah. not. Um, yeah. And so then I was secretly, you know, quietly angry at them. Nice. Well, and showing my anger okay. by not, giving them a penny for every stream <laughs> that's okay so well anyway that was uh, i would say the, the the four ep collection which i'm just gonna yeah. call it an album was my second favorite of the year so it's wow. definitely wow. It's, okay. it's, it's up there for me so yeah. we're we're at number one and yours was uh prince and uh-huh. now the, the clip you told me to record actually doesn't have any um lyrics or singing it's all instrumental but um yeah but so uh you know i i, I can enjoy prince for sure i mean there there are certainly albums that are just i mean you know they're they're part of music history you know you can't deny that but but he's definitely not someone who um um there's never been an album or anything that just that i just loved you know, from Prince. Yeah. Prince, this album, so this album, Prince released two albums at the same time. Um, he released this one uh, with a band called Third Eye, Third Eye Girl? Third Eye Girl? So he released this with an album, with, with a band called Third Eye Girl. Uh, three girls, uh, guitar, bass, and drums. And those three girls together are fantastic. And I feel like their funky kind of style helped write help Prince write this this album that yeah. was much more not what Prince would like the other album that Prince released was more traditional Prince, which I'm not that big a fan of. I could definitely appreciate him. Yeah. But this this album th- this album to me was just rock and roll Prince. Like if you realize <laughs> I mean if you heard like Dave Grohl talk about Prince yeah. and jamming with Prince and how like Prince picked up a bass guitar and jammed with him. And, and his his guitar work is just yeah. off the chart. And so this this whole out this track that I gave you is an instrumental track, and it is just the most badass blues <laughs> kind of just 
you know, dan, 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 you know, kind of well, okay. feel like it's yeah. just. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's what I found so ironic again through all of this was that your number one track, again, this, once we get to my number one track, there's definitely um, a similarity and feel of just that just old school, just classic rock and roll, blues influenced rock and roll with just um, loud guitars and heavy drums um, were at the number one for both of us. I mean, there's definitely a difference, but um, but still, anyway, this is a, I don't know what other album he released. This is the um, is Plectrum Electrum. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, all capital letters. <laughs> I don't, don't even know that what that wrong. is. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, this is the this is the clip from the title uh, track of that album. So I don't know how, yeah, anyone could not it, like that. Um, so when you when you hear that, you have to picture Prince in your mind. Who? But here's the thing: if you hadn't, if been, I didn't know that was Prince, I would never, in a million years, have guessed that was Prince. Really? Okay, so there's there's two guitars in my mind that have just swagger. That when they play the guitar, they are just like yeah. the most bad. And it's Jimmy Page who's real tall and lanky and he kind of just lays back into a groove his guitar he wears his guitar real low yeah um and then prince like when you see prince do this stuff because prince like that little slide down from you know the 12th fret down to yeah before they turn it around that like he does that with just like he'll flick his right hand on the string and just throw it back you know mm-hmm. and he just he plays so good but then he acts so good while uh-huh. he plays yeah. you know some guys could fake that or like it looks like they're you know having a hernia faces <laughs> all kind but prince just he just exudes so much badassness yeah when he plays guitar so uh look at uh prince with third eye girl did a, a medley of three songs on saturday night live two or three months ago and it's online somewhere and they either start or end with this song and uh it's just it's incredible it's it's just it's such a great medley prince is just the king of so much music yeah diversity everything about it and and he just that's something you know i'm a huge stevie ray vaughn fan and i could see stevie playing that completely different tone mm-hmm. you know prince ends up going with like an octave pedal and dropping down an octave and him and the the gal who's playing guitar they're matching each other um you know but even in the video on saturday night live like they start playing and maybe 30 seconds in prince realizes his guitar's not plugged in <laughs> really right so prince just reaches down and plugs it in and then you know now you hear his guitar and you realize like your ears audibly go oh, okay this new sound that's prince and yeah. then you hear it's playing and, and it stands out even more and it's just definitely look that up this whole album there's tons of great tracks but it's just it's rock and roll prince blues really great so okay in, uh, so, so my favorite album of the year was jack white's 
uh, Lazaretto, and Jack okay. White is one of my favorite artists of all time. And I feel like um, I feel the same way you do about this, where I, I feel like he's one of those guitar players. Um, I mean, he just I mean, he's so talented as far as playing any instrument and the writing and all of it. But especially the guitar playing, too, that it's just like, um, like, like you said, swagger. I don't know. Like, like when, when he plays, it's just uh, there's just this attitude and this feeling about it that's almost just sort of I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's not quite like a, you know, not quite like an FU attitude, but almost that yeah. a, a little bit like, a, you know, um, like he's just. You know, he's just he's just bleeding all over, literally most of the time, yeah. but yeah. also figuratively all over the guitar. And so I'm curious, like that this style of blues influenced just rock and roll, is that one of your favorite styles of music in general? Or did it just happen to be, you know, your favorite album of the year this year? Definitely one of my favorite styles of music in general, but I really didn't come into anything blues related yeah i mean either. um that caught my ear until after college maybe even yeah you know like H hendrix you know i'm a guitar player played for 20 something years and i'll probably be shot but hendrix doesn't do it for me yeah he just doesn't do it for me but stevie ray Vaughan, holy cow yeah like that's that's soul and that's blues and, and and some of the influences that stevie had which included Jimi hendrix um i mean you know stevie tried to emulate him a lot but I didn't come into this and Jack White gets it for me on a couple of levels. There's there's a couple of tracks that he does and I'm just like, that is the most badass guitar riff <laughs> yeah. ever in his tone. Jack White just plays at 11 the whole time. I know. Yeah, exactly. And if you've watched that, you know, it might get loud movie yes. that Jack White, yeah. The oh, Edge and, Bob so and, and yeah. Jimmy Page did. Yeah. Um, he just, you know, he talks about like, I, I want to fight this thing. Like I, yeah. I want, I don't necessarily want the neck to be straight. I want to like yeah. wrestle with this guitar to like, and, and, and he, his, you know, from a guitar player, his tone is incredible. His playing is incredible. The leads that he does with the, with the whammy pedal, yeah. um, which is different from a wah wah, but the whammy where it, it just octave shifts way up. Like yeah. he's, he's super, super talented. And I do dig his style. I don't dig all of his stuff. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, half of the white stripes I was into the other half I wasn't. Yeah. Um, and this album, I had high hopes, but I didn't really come back to it too much. So really? I don't All know right. which well, track you're going to play here. Well, it's it's the the song Lazaretto, the title track, and um, um, this clip, like I kind of cheated because I, I couldn't there. I wished I could just play the whole song, but I was I told you we were trying to limit the tracks to like a certain time, so I kind of um, I kind of clipped a couple parts of the song together <laughs> so oh, yeah. I could fit it into the the time and um because there's a solo in here that just is so good and then just also the the beginning of the song just the way he sings and i mean just everything about it like jack white for me is one of those artists that's just um you can tell just his appreciation and love for music and the theory and the history behind rock and roll and all of it so it's all encompassing with him like the music the writing yeah. His the way he plays, how he does shows, just even his philosophy of what it means to make music. That's why I like him so much. And this is definitely my favorite album of the year. And I would say definitely the standout track on that album. So this is um, a clip from Lazaretto.
So what'd you think of that? Classic Jack White killer riff. <laughs> I was thinking, like, how does it fit with yours? Because, like, lyrically, um, like, I did like the way that he was phrasing things mm-hmm. and the way that it was going. And at one point, I was like, boy, we're almost getting into rap rock a little bit. A little like, bit yeah. just, he was going pretty quick. Um, for you, is it the is it the music that you love about that track or the combination of the music and, and the lyrics? Um, it's it's all of it. And, you know, there, there are some of those artists, like, you have to admit, like, you bring something to it more than just that track might have. Like I said, um, like, Jack White is one of those artists for me that when I listen to something of his... I'm not just listening to that track. I'm thinking about like all the interviews I've heard with him and, and his whole just philosophy of, of what it means to be an artist and write music and like a lot of the stuff from that um, documentary you mentioned. And just it's all those things combined. And I think he's a great lyricist. I think he he definitely in this song and in almost all of them, there are those little turns of phrase um, that are so good. But he just... Uh, I, I love, so it's all of it. And, and I definitely love that. Just, you know, that's a song that you just turn up as loud as you can handle basically. And just, oh, yeah. um, and, and I'm also very proud of the fact that my, um, my seven year old daughter, um, Jack White is her favorite artist as well. So I feel uh-huh, like I've sweet. accomplished something as a dad. She asks to listen to, and my five year old too, this, this album in particular all the time. And, um, and they they just get into it too, but I don't know. There's just for me, Jack White is he's a lot like Adam Duritz in that um, I just respect him so much as a as a musician, and and um, so I bring all that to the song. So if you're not a Jack White fan or familiar with any of his other stuff, I could see how you might hear this and go, and there's nothing really special there. Yeah, no, I I definitely enjoy that song and and do enjoy. It. A lot of his work. He, you're right. He's he's a phenomenal musician all around and very very knowledgeable about all forms of music. Um, yeah, which I, is, I, is something to respect. You as should well. Google and find uh, the video of his performance at the Grammys in 2013. Um, okay, actually got to go to that um, Grammys, so I was there live for that, and it was just. Oh, wow. It was it was amazing, you know, because he gets up there. It's like all the other performances, all the other musicians come on, and and Jack White is just kind of he's just so like unassuming. He just kind of walks on the stage. It's like he doesn't look at anyone. You feel like he's almost um, like he's he's doing this. Um, like I said, almost with a little bit of that fu attitude. Like he doesn't uh, he doesn't care what anyone thinks of this, and he just goes out there and he played this song and ended it with like. I don't know how it, 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 you just have to watch the video, but he like, he hit the last chord and before he got to the end, he had unhooked his, um, the guitar strap. And so he hit the last chord and his guitar goes like flying across the stage and he just walks off, you know, before the song even ends, you know, right. and it's just like yeah. this sort of, you know, he just comes out there and, and just is so into it and, and, um, and I like that about him. Like there's like there's not this sense of pretense or, you know, it's like he has this attitude of like, I don't care if you like me. I don't care what you think. Um, this is what I have to say right now. And right. so I bring all that to listening to his music. And, you know, he certainly has the slower little ballads, very country influence on this album. But, you know, half the album was was that style, just kind of very upbeat um, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, and that's my favorite type of Jack White music is that that style right there. Yeah, definitely. 
So you can, so, so we, we can, we can both appreciate, I don't know. I feel like, okay, for one, I feel like there's an amazing diversity here in both of our lists of different types of music. But, uh, even though I've definitely leaned more toward the, the just indie side in general, and you lean more toward the pop side in general, I still feel like there's like similarity through all of this. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I think there's a lot that, I mean, you know, aside from the um, daily uh, guy, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of similarities here. You know, which yeah, I, I would consider us both to be fans of music in general. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice to see. Um, I expected a little bit like you, a little bit more um, uh, jibbing and jabbing back and forth. Right. Um, jib jab. I thought maybe you were a jingle jangle guy, but it turns out you're not. Well, no, I am. Um, I, I, that's the thing well, is that I am. I, I really like jingle jangle. Yeah, I like maybe that kind of stuff Maybe we're moving away too. from jingle jangle. Maybe there's hope for humanity. Well, um, I, it's just like I said. It's like I, I, I like most. You know, it's not really about the uh, the music. I mean, you right. know, what I'm trying to say. It's like I, I can appreciate almost any form of musical expression. It just comes down to whether or not I can feel like the authenticity in the in the the singer or the writer or whatever the performance um then the type or style of music none of that really matters because you can all of those can be done well or they can be done poorly you know i agree so. yeah yeah anyway well that I was agree. cool i've never done an yeah, episode like fun. this where i've always wanted to though and talk about music and i just thought the end of the year you know discussing our favorites and i thought you'd be a perfect one to do it with so Thanks, yeah. thanks for coming on and uh, and doing this. So, yeah, thanks are for you, having me, Adam. This are, is are a lot you, of fun. Are, are you enlightened? Are you gonna Are you gonna try some new stuff I now? Am. I'm gonna, you know, I will give bleachers more <laughs> listens for sure, and I will try daily, um, nice. and, and see if I can because I do like breakup albums. So I'll see if I get through that. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have uh-huh. to listen to the Prince album because I haven't ever listened to a whole Prince album all the way through You'll dig I it. think you'll dig that one yeah for sure cool you will well thanks again for doing it dude I appreciate it you got it Adam thank you well that's it that's the show thanks for listening thanks Noah for taking time out of your day to come on and talk about music with me Someday, you know, I've toyed around with the idea of doing a short, like less than 10 minute podcast about music and potentially maybe doing that with Noah or or someone. I don't know. But uh, that's still in the back of my mind. Maybe someday when the time is there, we will do that because I think that would be awesome, an awesome show. But thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, all the, all the links to everything we discussed and talked about are at avclark.com slash 10 you can go there. If you want to subscribe to this show, you can go to avclark.com slash TGM, and there are numerous ways you can subscribe. I would appreciate you subscribing and leaving me a rating and review in iTunes. It helps. The show's only a couple weeks old, but it's it's blowing up, guys. I mean, seriously, thank you so much for downloading and listening and rating and all that stuff, because it's just gone way past whatever could have hoped or, or thought it would have done. So... Again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you had a good New Year, a good Christmas break, and uh, restful, ready to get back to work. I am. I'm ready to dive into things. So enjoy your weekend, and I will see you next time. 